want to set the world on fire I just want to start a flame in your heart Hello everyone, welcome to our final, 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 final episode in our long, long, long coverage of Star Trek Picard Season 2 and 3. I am Bob in Cascadia, that is Matt in the Southland, Matt how the hell are you doing at the end of this long, long, long road? Have you found faith, faith, faith of the heart? We are the last generation, Bob. We are the last generation. And coincidentally, that's the title of the episode, the Picard season three finale. Don't know where they got that one from, Matt. Totally, uh, totally no, confused no about that. Especially since it doesn't really fit with the end because there, oh yeah, spoilers. There's a next generation at the end of this one, Matt. But they're a legacy. Uh, uh, they're not Picard a generation. Is the only they're generation that matters, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> Bo- boomers Uber always, Matt. That's the message of Picard. Boomer, say, do you understand Boomer, the message now, Bob? Do you get it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> only boomers can save us from the woke mind virus, Matt. Only boomers. Matt, did you find it thematically uh, or plot appropriate, narratively appropriate that uh, this Picard season three finale aired on uh, the sacred day of 420? In the A plot of Last Generation, which did air on for 2023, things come to an end. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, you can't bother me to write more of a plot summary than that. Yeah. I, I feel yeah. like that's fair. Everything we kind of thought would happen did happen, but in a just kind of an, an alternate way, not really we knew it was gonna we knew it was gonna end this way. What what you mean the board didn't win, Matt? What? The board did win, what? Bob. The card did <laughs> not die. We knew that wasn't gonna happen. I mean, they're, they're not gonna kill him. I mean, he are, he they already did that. They did that at the end of season one. So they can't. Yeah, I mean, really, they would. Yeah, they just be killing an android body. They literally just be yeah. killing data again, kind of. I mean, if you want to get into like real speciesist territory, is killing Picard at this point even murder, Matt? Or is he just some sort of robot abomination? Yeah, he'll be back even if they do kill. If they did kill him, but. I mean, they, they kept trying to set that up like he was going to die, like this was his yeah. last mission or some shit. I, I hope he's not back. I mean, I like I don't want to be ages, man. But Patrick Stewart, he let the man rest. Let him rest. Is all I'm well, and this is a perfect send off. Yeah, perfect. I mean, don't ruin it. So don't put out a fucking f- movie. Don't put out. Don't let him show up in the legacy series. No, no we no, don't need God, all this. No. Just, no, 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 no. This is the no, end of Picard. Never need, never need to peace. see him. Never need to see him on Star Trek again. It's good. It's good. I, I will ask Matt. So granted, Nemesis is a terrible movie. Like, I think we both agree with that. And you recently rewatched it. But did it bother you as like, I thought it was a fine, like if we had never seen the next gen cast again after that movie, it wouldn't have bothered me. It, it wouldn't have bothered me. I mean, it was it's it. And all the extra stuff that's come out since Nemesis to kind of fill in the gaps that that's not Picard. Okay. Yeah. Like that stuff was okay with me. Like I was like, okay, just go with like all the Star Trek online content, you know, anything I believe, uh, what else came out other than, you know, the whole Kelvin verse. I didn't, I didn't care for that, but yeah, I haven't read, I mean, I haven't read a lot of the post nemesis novels, but I, I hear they're not too bad. Like I hear they're fun. They do, they do resurrect data, unfortunately, which I guess (laughs) as a friend texted me, like, Star Trek three is a really great movie. Uh, the search for Spock, 
But in hindsight, it's kind of ruined the franchise by introducing this theme of resurrection, you know? Yeah, data, that's like a common theme, the resurrection of data across all shows. Yeah, <laughs> doesn't, ma- doesn't matter what continuity you're in, data has to be uh, resurrected somehow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I just, I, there was, I noticed a certain tenor in the commentary online of like, oh, I can't, this redeemed Nemesis. And it was like, well, yeah, obviously Nemesis is a bad movie, but I didn't think it was a bad send off necessarily. Right. Although, and even with the films, I always just consider uh, the final episode of Next Gen kind of to be the end of their story. Yeah. I mean, Really, really, it in hindsight, it should have just stopped there. As like fun as like first contact is, like really the end of all good things. There was it was never going to get better than that, and it and it never has. So right, they should have stopped. Yeah, I always consider all good things like the final, the end for the whole series, and just left it at that. Then the movies were like you said, the movies were okay. They were yeah, nothing really stood out. Generations was terrible, but that was still with the D. First Contact it's terrible, was, but it's sort of fun. And yeah, First Contact like, was an action film, and but filled in a lot of the like missing plot yeah. pieces that we hadn't you know experienced before. And Insurrection is a bad movie, but it's also a fun movie, and it's just like a stupid like. It would have been a fine like two part episode, you know. Exactly, I, I, I'm kind of fond of it. And then Nemesis was fine until about halfway through when it just goes to shit. So, oh no, no, because I, I disagree with that. Because isn't the Dune buggy stuff and the B four stuff very early in the film? Okay, after a recent rewatch, the Dune buggy stuff is not that bad. Oh no, I, I disagree with you. I, I remember I, I, it. I remember there being more Dune buggy stuff, but it's pretty quick if you haven't watched uh, it recently. So I watched Nemesis for the first and only time, made something like five or eight years ago. And uh, uh, the I think the only stuff, reason man. the Doom Buggy stuff stands out to you is because it's the thing that's constantly referred to or you see like stills of. I, and it's also brought up in lower decks and all the time. <laughs> I'm just saying I, I knew it was cringe before lower decks told me it was cringe. <laughs> all right. I'm not saying it's not cringe, but it's much shorter and not as big of a deal as you remember it. Yeah, but there's also the B4 stuff. And then, like, they totally do have, like, Tom Hardy and Ron Perlman, but they don't do anything interesting with either of them. Yeah, you wouldn't know like, Ron Perlman was in this film unless you, like, watched the credits. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah I, I did. I literally, when I watched it, I didn't know until I saw the credits. I was like, oh, damn, the second big bad was Ron Perlman. <laughs> they could put anybody in that and it would be fine. Yeah, it's kind of like the MCU villains used to be. It like it's like let's get some of the greatest uh, character actors we can and then bury them under bad makeup and bad CGI. No, well, I mean that's that's current MCU too. So is it? I mean, I'm kind of behind. I, like, I think it, you know, I mean it's primarily like let's just have someone voice someone with CGI. <laughs> well, Call I feel like at least with <laughs> at least with Thanos, like they were able to like capture like they they advanced the cgi enough to like capture josh brolin facial features in a way that i felt like i was watching a josh brolin performance a lot more than i felt like i was watching a christopher eccleston performance when i saw him play malekith or i felt like i was watching a leap haze performance when i saw him play ronan the accuser let me ask you this bob and this is kind of out there but when you see a cgi character like that and then you hear the voice like, I know there has been some CGI to make him look like the actual actor. Yeah, yeah. But you think hearing the voice and seeing those, like, small bits where they tried to make it look like the actor, that's enough for you to say, oh, that is him? 
or like, is your mind just making it like, look like that? You know, like you're just subconsciously, you're like, Oh, that's John like, Brolin. I hear the voice I, and I see like this specific facial feature and like, Oh, that is. And it, it starts to look more like that character or more I mean, like that I'm actor. Not, I'm not going to rewatch Josh, uh, the in, in game and infinity war to verify this theory. Cause the, I, th- I feel like, you know, I saw those movies once in the theater. That was the right, the right time and way to see them. I don't ever want to see them again. But Bob, <laughs> you know? I want you to watch six hours of film that you've already seen for the fans. But <laughs> to prove one I, theory, yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think the fans would even enjoy it. But I feel like at least with Brolin in in those movies, they do, there's a lot more like in on Thanos's face. And like, I think they might have even been like mo capping Brolin to a certain extent, like for like for some of the more emotional scenes. May, feel free to disagree with me. Like maybe I'm remembering it wrong. Maybe this is something where my mind has superimposed it. But I felt like they did a lot more with that, specifically to answer some of the criticisms about how bland and forgettable the villains were in earlier movies. Well, I do the same thing even with like animated films. If I'll see, like even Lower Decks, like we'll see the characters on Lower Decks and see their actual voice actors. And the voice actors and the characters on the show look similar to me. <laughs> like I'll just start pulling out pieces like, Oh, I don't know if that's just like a trick of the mind or what it is, but I think, it, I think there is an element of trick of the mind. I mean, there's an element of them leaning into it. And then also like, I haven't looked at pictures of all the lower decks voice cast, but I think a lot of the lower decks cast, like, especially um, the actors doing Boimler and um, uh, what's the name? Mariner. Mariner uh, I think yeah. they do just kind of look like their characters. All right, so let's move on into the sexual episode. Yeah, I was about to say, does the fact that we've been on this 10 minute tangent uh, express that we really actually don't want to talk we, about? We, <laughs> we, we are dragging this, Bob. Let's just get to this in. Let's get to this uh, finale. All right, Matt. So my first question to you is uh, having uh, Pavel Chekhov's son, Anton, uh, as the Federation president, is that Picard's noble way to stand up against liberal anti-Russian racism? Uh, yes, Bob, it is. Yeah, very good. I'm glad I'm glad they're doing that. Glad they're doing that. It was it was nice to hear Walter Keong's voice. I, I will say I was I was happy to hear him. Yeah, a part of me wanted this to be like a Babylon 5 crossover of sorts with like Psychor and the Treading Starfleet as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. How awesome would that uh, be? <laughs> yeah. Walter Keong, also famously yeah, Alfred Bester on Babylon 5. Great character. Great character. I, and I will say we're gonna I'm gonna talk later about some of the CGI I hate really hated in this episode. But there was actually a lot of pretty impressive CGI, like the opening beat is the Enterprise D like follows the board cube into the great red spot. That was beautiful. And then later, like there's a lot of uh, battle scenes between the fleet and the space dock. That was beautiful. Some of the initial stuff uh, where the D is fighting the board cube. Also very pretty. Yeah, sometimes I complain about the CGI. You're right, but this this was actually pretty great. Some of it, uh, it was a little Star Warsy in the beginning. It was, it was, and especially yeah. we'll, like you said, we'll get to the uh, to the bad CGI in a little while. But yeah, uh, you know, I'll also come to the terms bad with Star it. Wars. Some of this was like good Star Wars imitation, which like if Star Trek imitates Star Wars well, sometimes that's fine. But then we'll get to the bad Star Wars imitation. Yeah, but I've come to terms that Star Trek is moving in that direction of, okay, ship battles are going to have to be a little more. There has to be more to the ship battles at this point to entertain people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it is important for us to remember, especially me to remember that it's like the, the starship battles in ds9 and next gen maybe weren't actually that good it's just i saw them when i was like you know 10 <laughs> that's right. a lot of it 
Yeah. Were you kind of surprised that uh, we have the gimmick is Seven and Musiker turning phasers into transporter beams uh, as they're trying to take back the Titan A? And, I, I, you know, at first I thought, oh, that'll just automatically cure the woke mind virus. But then they made it a little more involved later. Yeah. The second they mentioned that, you know, I was sitting there thinking to myself, yeah, that's obviously going to solve the problem much later, but it never really happened. They never went back well, to we it. We see the scenes of them like them running the the young Starfleet officers through the transporter. At the oh, end. yeah, you do. But they don't they don't go back to the whole phaser thing. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, honestly, probably for the best. Who wants more exposition yeah. about the woke mind virus? Not not Bob, at least. <laughs> OK, so. Uh, you know, uh, Musiker and Seven, they take back the bridge of the Titan. And then one of their collaborators is like the ship's cook. Am I supposed to know who that is under the makeup? Like it, the relative amount of screen time and talking time he had, I was like, am I, is that like a comedian I'm supposed to know or something? I don't, I don't know who's supposed to be under the cook's makeup. No, he did have like a decent speaking role, but could, should, couldn't she or Rafi like have been the person to navigate the ship? Like <laughs> they're both trained. <laughs> they're both way more qualified and they're just standing there. <laughs> the Enterprise D shows us that you actually don't need anybody in the pilot seat as we will get to later. Right. Yeah. yeah I, I didn't understand why the cook had to do it. You know, he should have just gone and hid somewhere and. Yeah, it was weird. I, I I was also wondering if it was sort of like a Neelix from Voyager reference, since Neelix was also the cook, and Neelix is sort of you know like a nerdy, nebbish, insecure, and danger character. But I I I, I don't know. I I looked at Memory Alpha the other day, and I couldn't figure out. I don't think they had the character listed, or if they did, I couldn't figure out which character it was. And so. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. No idea who the character is supposed to be. No idea if that actor is somebody I, you know, you and I should recognize. Yeah, but going back to your Neelix reference, Bob. Like, I didn't watch enough Voyager to really tell you. Like, I mean, all I know is Neelix is a cook. That's all I really know about it. <laughs> I, I know yeah. people don't like Neelix because I know he's like one of the lower yeah, rated terrible. characters. He's terrible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, was he's there ever an episode where like Neelix was forced to fly the ship? Well, like Neelix is like Han Solo, but a nerd before Voyager picks him up. So he has like his own ship. And I'm sure at some point he has to pilot Voyager, although I can't remember an occasion offhand. I was just wondering if in that episode, Neelix was like, you know, no, I'm not going to do it and, and wussied out. No, no. Just like, the okay. fact that he's a cook and the fact that he's like a kind of nebbish alien is, it would be what I would say are the, is the Neelix connection. Did, did Seven and Neelix ever have any uh, communication with each other? Or, yeah, or like? they did. But it, if I'm remembering right, by the time Seven came on Voyager, they understood that people hated Neelix and they were underplaying him a little bit more. And so mostly... At that point, I think Neelix was interacting with Tuvok as kind of like the comedy man to Tuvok's straight man. Oh, okay. Um, but occasionally he and Seven did ha have interactions, and it was mostly like, you know, it was mostly like Neelix is like, I'm going to show you the joys of non-Borg life, that sort of thing. Well, speaking of issues of flight control, I, I was kind of annoyed. So, you know, they send uh, they send the threesome over to the Borg cube. They send Worf, Picard and Riker to the Borg yeah. cube. And so that leaves us with Jordy, Troy, Bev and Data on uh, the bridge. But like nobody's sitting in the pilot station because <laughs> Jordy's <laughs> taking command. And that was that was really annoying me. Why not put Troy in the pilot station? <laughs> 
Because she crashed the D originally. <laughs> well, they redeem that later, right? Because later, like, we actually see Troy use her empathy to be useful for maybe the first time in the entire history of Next Gen. Maybe that's yeah. actually why they needed to make three seasons and uh, four movies. So we could once, once see Troy's yeah. empathy be useful, where she locates uh, Picard, Riker, and Worf and flies the D over to pick him up and beam him out of the cube. So I don't know. Why not, why not just have her in the pilot seat from the start? Um, I will say the fact that uh, uh, Bev was at the tactical station uh, was very funny. And I expect people to make some pretty good uh, blazing Bev memes of her at tactical, you know, smoking a J because this appeared on 420 firing photon <laughs> torpedoes or whatever the hell at uh, at the board cube. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. So. Going back to that, Bob, though, the whole scene of flying the, the D inside the cube was just, ugh. It oh, reminded awful. me of those, like, Windows 95 Star Wars games. Yeah, you, you, you're thinking about Rebel Assault and Rebel Assault 2, Matt? Good old Rebel Assault. Yeah, exactly. And then here, Bob, let me, let me hit you with this. So oh, here's the plot that. of Return of the Jedi. The Millennium Falcon flies to the Death Star 2 to reach the core while Luke and Vader fight in front of the Emperor, right? And then that what happens? Oh, oh man. I didn't even like obviously I thought of Return of the Jedi with, you know, the Millennium Falcon flying inside Death Star 2, the Enterprise D flying inside the Borg cube, but I you're totally right. I didn't even I didn't even consider that the it's the Luke uh Vader Emperor dynamic but with Jack Picard and the Queen. Oh my god. Exactly, oh my Bob. God. Oh my god. Oh, I'm such a moron. How did it's I not Return of the Jedi that? all why, over again? Why do people like this shit, Matt? This is so bad. <laughs> this is so bad. And people are like, oh, this is this is so good. Terry Mustalis has redeemed Star Trek. What the hell? I mean, season three was better than the other two, but it's like Ugh. I actually I don't I don't know I actually now that you pointed that out I think I may hate this season no one can this write a so damn bad. finale Bob no one knows how this to write a proper so finale the only finale I have ever seen where I have been satisfied ever was Breaking Bad uh, I would say this Sopranos The Wire Deadwood Better Call Saul all have very good finales yeah but do you see a common um, trend here I mean, they're high quality TV shows. <laughs> Mad, Mad, Mad Men has a good finale. Yeah, um, trying to think what 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 other shows have good finales. Ah, uh, we didn't we didn't get to it, but the Babylon Five finale is pretty good. I'm just saying, like finales though, in general, the of all the TV shows you've watched, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> Hell, man, the DS9 finale is pretty good. The oh, Next yeah, Generation yeah, finale is pretty yeah. good, as we as we as we said. Battlestar Galactica, a very bad finale. That's true. Yeah, I think I think finales are just really hard to write in a way that's going to satisfy the majority. They of the are people. really hard to write, but that doesn't excuse just blatantly ripping off Return of yeah. the Jedi like this. <laughs> Oh man! It, I, now I'm wondering: Can we connect? Like, is Picard season one in some way a ripoff of the New Hope, and is season two in some way a ripoff of Empire Strikes Back? Uh, if anything, I feel like it, I feel like season one would be like a rip off of Phantom Menace. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, Matt, I, I've got to congratulate you because, man, you've like I didn't think I had feelings about the show. I thought I was I was just kind of indifferent, like, oh, whatever. Last episode sucks. This episode, whatever. 
it's nostalgia service. Who cares? But you've you found a way to actually make me angry and care about it. Good job. You're, you're welcome, Bob. Oh, man. I what what do we, what the, what the hell do we even say? They ripped off the emperor scene from like, what? <laughs> where do we go from here about this stupid show? I don't know. And even the OK, here's the other thing, Bob, too. And this is, this is you're not going to care about this so much, but the board Hit queen me. design is ripped straight from like Final Fantasy. Oh, really? OK. And That's also like Resident I mean, not Evil really, too. but it's still sort of interesting. Yeah. Like it, just the whole look like it just does. Yeah. I mean, I never played Mass Effect, but allegedly the first season of Picard feels a lot like Mass Effect. Oh, yeah. A whole lot like Mass Effect. I, I don't know how to transition to anything here. I'm just going to well, say like let, let, let's, let's say the end of the we'll, we'll transition to this, Bob, at the end of the board run of them of the D doing its thing. And then they actually go in and they rescue Picard yeah, yeah. and Jack because okay. of Troy's empathy finally came in handy. Yeah. Finally redeemed her crashing the Enterprise D saucer section on that planet in generations. Let's talk about that scene where they rescue them. Oh, that that uh, also looked terrible. That where the D flies over awful. her head. Yeah. Looks like, I don't know what they I, they must have run out of money because that whole scene yeah. just looked bad. I don't know what happened there. It looked straight out of like mid 90s. <laughs> like, well, I mean, like like you were saying earlier, it looked like a video game cutscene. Yes, or at least really did. what what my uneducated self imagines video game cutscenes. Yeah, it, it was like. bad. And that but that scene in particular, like that whole five seconds there just probably should have just been cut. Yeah, there was no need to. Yeah, just no. I mean, well, of course, you could say that about this entire show. There's just no need for it. I I will say to say something positive, like, God help me. um, When Worf, like old man, flops into Troy's chair after getting rescued and just immediately starts napping, like it's really easy and cheap. But I I was charmed. I smiled. Yeah, I wanted to be mad at it at first, but then I just couldn't. He's like Grandpa Worf, you know, if Worf had kids. Well, this does remind me of one of my favorite memes, which I, I put on our uh, our Twitter account recently. And it's um, it, the first panel is um, is it Jessica? Is Jessica Fletcher the name of the 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 mother from Arrested Development? Yes. Jessica Fletcher saying, of course, I love all of uh, my children equally. It's captioned Worf's children. And then you see two pictures on the wall and there's a huge, beautiful picture of Raffi, of you know, Worf's <laughs> adopted daughter, Raffi Musiker. And then there's a nearly microscopic uh, picture of Worf's son, Alexander. <laughs> and uh, so I, I'm just saying that Worf is sort of a granddad, right? Because uh, hopefully Alexander's dead. But, you know, Raffi has kids. So in that sense, he is Grandpa Worf. Okay, so you took it as a father-daughter dynamic. I, I kind of like I, I, that. That seemed to be how the internet took it too. Okay, I don't know. When I watched it for a minute there, I thought there was more of a love thing going on, like a, a romantic thing, but maybe not. I, yeah, I I think the vibes I got. I mean, and granted, it was pretty non-specific in defense of both of us, but I think the vibes I got were more father-daughter or like you know sensei student. Yeah. And I can see that too. I just, I just, I could see them eventually doing some love thing though, maybe down the road because they're it's both also, grandparents at this point. Yeah. It's also kind of funny that like, I, I'm not sure the age of uh, the actress who plays Misa Kirk, who does a great job. I would say I, I, 50, I like 54. her a lot. 
She's 54. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it is a weird thing to have like a woman in her fifties have a mentor figure. That's just, yeah. that's a kind of a weird character choice. I mean, I liked it. I found Worf and Musiker's relationship very charming, but it was just a weird character choice. I think the whole, I think part of the whole thing with Rafi's character is that they're showing that you can fuck up at any point in life and still find your way back to you know being successful. You just have to if you put the work in. Yeah, if you get it, if you get a good Klingon mentor who's able yeah. to repair your relationship I think, with your. I ex-husband. mean, deep down, I think that's, that's truly what Rafi's whole arc is about. You know, like yeah. <laughs> even in, even in old age, you can still learn new things and redeem yourself. Well, I, I do kind of appreciate the the thing to Rafi or Musiker's character that I, I probably need to take to heart. And a lot of people in America need to take to heart is that like you can be right and still be mentally ill. Like both things are possible. Oh yeah. Like being, cor- being correct. doesn't mean you're not insane. That's something everybody should take to heart. Very true. I was uh, a little surprised by how quickly they give uh, old Bev an admiralty. That seemed a little hasty to me. <laughs> Yeah, they just uh, hand out these ranks to upper deckers, Bob, like it's nothing. Yeah, yeah, go. just just Boom. dealing it out, dealing it out. And so, Matt, before I was going to say, I was going to sound a, a sort of ambivalent note about this, say that I thought this was bad, but not get angry. But I, I'm going to get a little angry because of the Return of the Jedi connection you made. Mm-hmm. Man, them turning the Titan E into the Enterprise G, it sucks. It sucks so bad. It's disrespectful to like the memory of Shaw and all the other characters who died on the thing. It's disrespectful to like the legacy of that ship, which is a cool and important ship. And also the Enterprise G, it doesn't even sound cool. It sounds so lame. Yeah. Uh, How many did that we skip over now where we haven't really had many voyages? I know this sounds weird, but like, all right, so Enterprise D, you had an entire show, okay? Yeah. Then you had Enterprise E that went on several journeys during three, the... Three movies and presumably a lot of other stuff we didn't see. Okay, and then you got Enterprise F that basically nothing happened. Oh, well, although you were saying that like it, it seems like Star Trek Online is at least partially canon. There has so been I some guess- stuff, yeah, but, but it has nothing that's been shown on screen other than like in the video game. So kind of like with yeah. the enterprise B where you had like a whole lot of nothing happening. All right. Now you got, there are novels about the B and the C that people say are pretty good. Correct. Yes. But that. never anything on screen other than the whole mishap with generations. Yeah. So all you see with the F is a mishap. So <laughs> then you have yeah. the E. Now, okay, there, now you have the G. Now, there's the weird part because it felt like they should have had at least one more ship in there for the, you know, I'm, I'm trying to show you the parallels here, Bob, between yeah, yeah, the, yeah. See, the original set of ships and then this set. It's, 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 it's fascinating well, I, sometimes. I'm just going to ask. So, in, I don't know if you remember, and I forgot to look this up, but in the far future of Discovery, I believe we see the Voyager J. We haven't seen an Enterprise, though, right? No, we have not. Okay. Okay. So we don't we don't we don't know if they get to the Z or not. And then I think there is a future enterprise in the temporal Cold War plot of the you know the show Enterprise. But honestly, I'm who cares? It's Enterprise. I you should you shouldn't yeah, care. I don't, care. I don't, I don't care. <laughs> Neither does anyone yeah. else because they they only have like they had what two 
two references in the whole season of Picard to Enterprise, right? That's the only like fan fan service that's been given. Oh, they well they did. Did they show us the NXO one, or did they just show us show it show it on a, a data screen? I can't remember. I don't know. I think they just showed it at the Fleet Museum, screen. and then uh, Shelby mentioned it in the last episode. Oh, she did. You're right. I think there might have been some other stuff either earlier in the season or early, uh, or, in, or in earlier seasons. But yeah, you're right. It is the it, the it is the redheaded stepchildren of uh, of Star Trek shows, yeah. and the only one that's going to be more redheaded and more step is Discovery. Maybe Prodigy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, although if they're trying to tie that in, Prodigy uses Janeway so much, man, that the 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 hogs, by which I mean the Star Trek fans, are going to love that. Even no matter how bad it is, they're going to love it. So, Bob, with this Enterprise G thing, wouldn't it have made more sense to call it the USS Picard? I I hate to admit this, but when they were in the shuttle approaching the Enterprise G, but Picard didn't know it was the Enterprise G yet, and they were like, oh, it's not actually the Titan A anymore. Yeah. I was thinking, oh, my God, is Matt's stupid theory that this is going to be the USS Picard? Coming. I sat there and waited patiently, and then I saw Enterprise G, and I was like, or 1701G, and I was like, oh, I, I will say, I... I, I find Enterprise G slightly less awful than the idea of naming it the Picard. But I, I really just the entire thing just seems so disrespectful. Why can't it just be the Titan A? Why does it need to be an Enterprise for Star Trek Legacy? Why can't it be the Titan A? What's wrong with that? You gotta have Enterprise on there. Everybody knows the Enterprise. No, I guess because if they want to try to sell this to non-Star Trek fans, they want to make it seem like you're just, you know, it'd be easier to pick up on. I, I honestly, I feel like super emphasizing the connections to earlier shows makes it less likely, not more likely that people are going to try it. Well, everybody knows the Enterprise is like the ship that Kirk was on, Picard. So we're, we're going to have four Star Trek shows going at once, but they just all have to be about the an, an Enterprise. Is that the idea? Of course, Bob. That's what and matters. also this. This is like super nerd stuff, but didn't you get the, the the sense from like earlier in the show that like the Titan actually wasn't like the best ship Starfleet had to offer? Like it was a bit smaller. It wasn't like flagship material. It wasn't like top of the line. Did, did you get that sense of the Titan like from earlier in the season? Well, yeah, I did, and especially because, you know, the Enterprise F was the flagship, right? Yeah, yeah. And so yes. then... Like, it also just seems kind of weird just because, like, you know, usually the Enterprise is like the flagship. So, like, why are you turning the little the little Titan into the flagship? It just seems weird. Because the Titan saved the day, Bob. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, I actually do like the look of the crew for I guess the show is going to be called Star Trek Legacy, which I guess that answers our question of why they couldn't just call it Star Trek Titan, because uh, it's not about the Titan anymore. Uh, you know, I, I'm a little bitter that Shaw is not there. I would have liked to have our Vulcan Delta and Lieutenant Teven there. But, you know, whatever. It it looks promising, I guess. I mean, our crew is we've got, what, two 50-something-year-old women and a 27-year-old dude who's got, like, got us positioned through nepotism. And all, well, the other guy, too, the I, one who was on the... Uh, uh, Elnor. Elnor, yeah. Elnor's got to make an appearance. You know, they'll all be on the same place. I feel like it's more likely that we would see um, Elnor uh, than Soji. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe they'll bring both back. Then they're going to go back in the past and they're going to run into uh, the other dude again. 
probably doesn't want to come back. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like it's kind of like, like Michelle all characters Forbes. so quick. It's so bad. Yeah, it's, it's kind of yeah. like, that's kind of like yeah. Michelle Forbes is like yeah, I'll come back, but you have to kill me. Yeah. <laughs> you have to kill me. So Bob, Star Trek, Star Trek Legacy. You know we're gonna see Shaw revived by the Borg. I know you got upset about it last week, but it's 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 definitely happening at this point. I I don't I think the Borg are done, dog. They have a whole separate sect of of happy Borg who are happy Borg. I you know they're going to be meeting the bad Borg at some point. I don't but, but I mean what the what the fuck was the point of this episode if the Borg aren't done? My understanding like, I, Bob was that Janeway, I, okay, hold on. At the end of Voyager, didn't they cut off like the trans all the different borgs yeah. like the yes. connection to the collective right so like no, everybody no, has just, their own little I, tiny collective no no they cut off the trans warp corridor i'm pretty sure so that okay. the borg couldn't maintain their vast you know their vast array of space because they didn't have access to trans warp at least for a while okay and now they have they one have built to re- right outside it's kind of the- un- it's been years since I've seen the Voyager finale, but as I understand it, it's a little unclear. But you could view it as the Borg is defeated for good, or you could view it as the Borg is just going to be hobbled for a long time. No, I'm just telling you, Shaw's too hot of a character. They're not going to. They're not going to let him go. I don't. I don't think they're going to do what you say. If they're doing what you say, I I probably will stop watching. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody was suggesting online, and I thought this would actually be fun. Would a good way to bring Shaw back would be to, since Lower Decks takes place before Picard, is to have him uh, have him guest star on Lower Decks. Okay, yeah, that would be cool. And you know, I still do want my my idea that I pitched last week of uh, Jordy guest starring and then doing like a salvage operation on the Enterprise D uh, saucer section. That would be very fun. That would be an awesome Lower Decks episode. Like, please make that happen, guys. Well, Matt, should it be Captain Seven or Captain Nine for Captain Seven of Nine? Bitch, I had the same question when one of them, somebody called her Captain Seven, and I was like, that doesn't sound right. But then, yeah, it seems I mean, like it, it, I always assume Seven is like her her given name, right? And yeah, Nine is her family name. Yeah, I mean, but Captain Nine doesn't sound Captain Nine sounds like. A cigarette or something. It's <laughs> coming for your ass, Matt. You yeah, like, or like, you know, I just got done. I just got done smoking a Captain Nine. Now I'm uh, going to go to bed. I don't. I don't know. Like, <laughs> man, man. I, I could. I could really go for uh, some sex and uh, smoking a Captain Nine. That sounds great. Yeah, yeah. Oh <laughs> yeah. uh, man, I I was deeply amused that uh, Jack apparently gets Troy's old job of counselor to the captain. That's that's pretty funny, actually. So, so, so Bob, what is Jack at this point? He he was a Borg. He has Borg genetics that allow him to possess people. Does he still have that disease I, that Picard didn't actually have because it was a Borg thing? Like, oh, where I, is he no, now? I have I have no idea, man. I have no idea. I assume. I mean, I assume he and Picard both still have altered genetics because that doesn't sound like the type of thing the Federation can undo. But the transporter thing definitely didn't fix that. So he still has like, I don't know, maybe I'm being naive, but I thought this was like I thought this had very much like the, you know, the Borg are at their last ends. This is a last ditch thing that the Queen is doing. And so, I mean, my impression, which, again, maybe I'm being naive, but is that the Borg are done and so, sure, Picard and Jack are still genetically altered by the Borg, but it doesn't particularly matter in that sense. Oh, it will matter one day, Bob, when the ratings go down. 
oh, you'd be like, oh yeah, Jack's got, you know, Borg DNA. That's right. We need a new villain. <laughs> and by new, I mean the Borg. Just, you know. <laughs> You know, that that is the thing I will ultimately I, I should save this for when we rank the series, but I'll just say it like the thing that makes me so angry about this show is that it's contributed fucking nothing to the Star Trek mythos. Like it hasn't added any new species. It's added a few new characters who are pretty good, but then it's just done the weirdest goddamn things with them. Like it, it contributes nothing. It's just a parasitic nostalgia fest. It's like, a nostalgia fap, Bob, a nostalgia fap. Yeah, it's a nostalgia fab. Like it feels really good when it's happening, but then afterwards it's like Like I, I don't like Enterprise. I don't think Enterprise is a good show, but goddamn it, like Enterprise added stuff to the universe. Like it added the Danubulans. It added the Zindi. Like it was an additive show. It showed us more of the Gorn and the Orions than we had ever seen before. Like it actually did stuff. This like this show has just added nothing. Like you what could, about Jack, but like, come on. <laughs> Yeah, okay, okay. What about the Fleet Museum we've never seen before? Oh, God, and I hope we never see again until, as you say, ratings dip. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, it just, it makes me so angry to think about this this entire fucking show and how pointless it was. But were you satisfied with the ending, Bob? I mean, whatever. Like, let's do the let's do the all good things ending, but worse and with a camera that'll make you sick. That'll just like, you know, again, I, I felt like we were watching Copenhagen Cowboy. But uh, unlike Nicholas Windegreffen, man, Terry Metellius, he doesn't know how to swing a camera. I was nauseous. Yeah, I knew something was missing. Uh, but, you know, be sure to check out our coverage of the last three episodes of Copenhagen Cowboy. Uh, that'll be coming up soon. So, oh, but yeah, Matt, Bob, Matt but- we're not done. We're not done. There's a mid credit scene, dog. There's a no, mid credit scene. Who's coming back, Matt? Who's back? Who do we get to see again? Well, before we even go to that, Bob, I do want to ask you this. Did you think the show was going to end when they turned the lights out on the bridge? No. Oh, I did. <laughs> Oh, no, thanks. Thanks for spoiling the ending of Cheers. <laughs> actually, that's not the actually that's not actually that's not even the ending of Cheers. But <laughs> I mean, granted, I, granted, I'm only somewhere in season two and I haven't watched an, an episode in two years. But someday I'm going to keep watching. All right. Yeah. I, damn it. I don't I, I don't think Cheers actually ends that way, Bob. But so I, it's, you, you, it's, you, you it's will not be spoiled. I, I gave you a fake I'm, spoiler. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm not I'm not I, I'm not actually watching Cheers. Cheers for the plot. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. So, yeah, Matt, uh, Q is back. Yay. Yeah, we get that uh, mid-credits scene there with Q. And, uh, you know, Q can just do whatever the fuck he wants, Bob. Look, I get that, like, Q is a god. And so, of course, Q can time travel or cross universes or, you know, whatever the hell he's doing. But then what was the point of him dying last season? Why did they do that? They didn't even have to have Q in last season. Q served no function last season. Yeah, I was like, would it have been awesome had they not used Q and Q just would have shown up here? Would that yeah. not have been awesome? Yeah, it would have. It would have yeah. actually been kind of kind of a neat thing if they'd, if they'd had a little fucking restraint. But no, this show is incapable of restraint because all it is is a nostalgia fab. Yep, skeet, skeet, skeet everywhere. All right, so... <laughs> <laughs> but you want to bet some money, Bob, that the first episode of Legacy is going to be called Encounter at something. Insert place Near here. Near point. 
near point because yeah. star trek used to go to far points but they yeah. don't go to far points anymore matt they just go to near points they don't add anything they don't add any new any new species they certainly don't add any new plots it's just oh no no near stuff near stuff <laughs> so angry matt so angry i know bob i feel like i feel like i've just made you more angry like you had no emotion for this episode going in and now i've just made you like hate life yeah i apologize look i'm like musiker over here like my anger is justified but that doesn't mean i'm not mentally ill (laughs) so all right bob so let me give my character of the week for this final episode it goes to war that you you just really like that grandfather flop into the chair matt (laughs) that did it for you yeah worst one-liners this whole season and also the fact that he keeps a phaser hidden in his best bat that's awesome that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. No, Worf had a good episode. Uh, I'll give it to Jordy. It, it was nice to see him have the con. I think he's the, like, you know, so we had left on the ship, like I said before, Bev, Troy, Jordy, and Data. And I'm pretty sure Jordy's the only one who I, we'd never seen in command of the Enterprise. At least I'm pretty sure of that. So it was nice to see him get to sit in the chair and do it. Not to be a complete asshole, but I watched this YouTube thing last night that said that showed that there was a season one episode where LaForge was at the con. But okay, no, that makes sense, especially since he was on the bridge in season one. Whereas in later seasons, he's in engineering, so it doesn't make you know it's not as convenient for exactly. him to take the con. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is always weird when you see Jordy like uh, in his red outfit, the command yeah. red. But I will say, like, I feel like there were to maybe to slightly refine my point, I feel like there were episodes that really did hinge on Data, Bev and Troy having the con, whereas it sounds like what the guy in the video was saying was it was just, you know, it was just like, oh, like Jordy's just in control. And then Picard and Riker step out from the office and take it back or something, you know, possibly. I don't know. I never watched the episode, but it was because it was season one TNG and. There's there's some good stuff in season one. Not, not much, but some. There's a couple of bangers. Well, Matt, so I don't even know if I uh, feel this way anymore after your Return of the Jedi revelation. But um, would you so you rank the seasons of Picard three, one, two? Is that how you would go? Oh, yeah, definitely. This is the best season of Picard. Season one comes in second because you were reintroduced to Picard as a character. And that's the only real like it, that piece was cool. Season two was a waste. You know, Matt, I think I'm actually going to disagree with you. And I think in light of your revelations, I think I've got to say my rankings are now two, one, three. Damn. I don't know look, how you like here, season anything about season two. Look, there were f- there. I had fun in parts of season two. Like that would be my justification. Like okay. some of the stuff in the past was fun. It was very stupid. It went nowhere and it meant nothing. Yes, all that is correct. But I did have fun with some of the Agnes and Musiker and Seven and um, Rios shenanigans in season two. That would be my justification. And look, I there was a lot of fun stuff early in season three. But then they did Return of the Jedi. <laughs> Not halfly like I thought. Like, really, I just ought to be grateful that there wasn't a third plot where, like, Worf was leading some Ewoks on a moon of Jupiter to take out, like, the shield generator for the Borg cube. I guess that, I guess I should thank Terry Mateus for not doing that. Well, no, you just had Seven and Ralphie stopping a oh, shield generator. Yeah. From being and they, taken do, down they do have similar, similar energy, <laughs> similar energy to Han and Leia. Yeah. yeah that's. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's true. 
that's uh that's rough man that's like real rough <laughs> god so matt what would uh what would your ranking of uh all star trek shows go all right bob so if i had to give a ranking i'd go ds9 is definitely my favorite will always Hell be yeah. i don't think anybody's taking that one out strange yeah. new worlds number two controversial but i see where you're coming from though the next generation number three Ah uh, man, where's where's the original series, man? Where's the love for the original it's, series? And then I'm gonna, even though I haven't watched much of it, I will say that I'm gonna fit Voyager after TNG. I usually do this when I when I'm working these because TOS goes because TOS goes at the end of the of, of of this like of that old school series here. TOS, yeah, yeah. So I'm just not a big fan of TOS. You are, I'm not. I like, like part, half, I like parts of, of Voyager. TOS is terrible. Half of TOS is amazing. Yeah, which honestly I think is a honestly is a better ratio than Voyager hit, but I do like Voyager. I am way more likely to watch Voyager probably all the way through than I would TOS at this point. What if you, what if, and granted this is sort of cheating, but what if you thought about TOS as encompassing its movies? Would that yeah, change if anything? I had to do that, I'll probably put it ahead of Voyager. Okay. Okay. I was yeah, just, just I mainly because I haven't watched enough of Voyager to have like a very great opinion of it. I've just seen the really good episodes of Voyager. And like, yeah, so. Yeah. All right, DS9 1, Strange New Worlds 2, TNG 3, Voyager 4, TOS 5, Lower Decks 6, then Picard. Number 7 with a bullet. Yes. Enterprise number 8, the animated series number 9, which I've never really watched much of, but I'm putting it there because I just want to make it clear that I've watched Disco and I still put Disco after it. <laughs> yes, yes. And then lastly, Prodigy, which is a Star Wars show that kind of has I mean, Star Trek stuff. And I hear it gets better towards the end of the season. No, I just can't watch no, it. I lies, just can't. Not, not after, you made me I've watch the first part, it. Bob, and They're I'm like, lying. I can't do this. They're lying. Yeah. I've watched it all. <laughs> My rankings, broadly similar to yours, would go number one, DS9. Number two, the original series. Number three, Strange New Worlds. Number four, Next Generation. Number five, Voyager. Number six, Lower Decks. Number seven, Enterprise. Number eight, Animated Series. Number nine, Picard. Uh, although, honestly, I'm really tempted to put Picard under Disco because I do think Damn. Disco is ultimately more additive than Picard. But I think if I think about it, I hate the Stacey Abrams appearance <laughs> more than I hate the Return of the Jedi <laughs> ripoff. So I think I'm still going to keep it nine, Picard. 10 disco 11 prodigy man that like random ass stacy abrams appearance really did a number to disco for us <laughs> like, I, I did, like <laughs> we disliked disco before but man bringing in real politics like that real politicians bringing real politicians just mm. honestly like i think I think if I were totally honest before the Stacey Abrams appearance, I would say I didn't like Discovery very much, but I would still defend it uh, partially just because I hated the people who hated it. And partially because I do think people do other than DS9, which is mostly like mostly fully great. I do think people tend to forget how much of the original series Next Gen and Voyager do suck. Like, granted, they're still good shows. I enjoy the shows. I love the shows. We do a Star Trek podcast. But, you know, there's a lot of bad original series, Next Gen and Voyager episodes. And so I always tried to keep that in mind and give Discovery um, credit, you know, give it give it some slack at least. But then uh, and it's not even like 
I, I like politics in, in my shows, but it's just when Discovery decided to stop, you know, shilling for a better future and start shilling for just the Democratic Party, that was when it lost me. Exactly. Yes. Well, Bob, it's been a fun little run here with uh, Picard. <laughs> Matt, I just want to say in hindsight, uh, I'm sorry I made us cover these two seasons of Picard. I apologize <laughs> to you. I apologize to the listeners. This time would have been better spent watching old, uh, watching old Star Trek or continuing Babylon five and DS nine or reading comics, like literally anything else. I'm sorry, listeners. I, that was a bad idea. We shouldn't have covered Picard. This just sucks. It's okay, guys. It's a little nostalgia fap. It was fun while it lasted. Probably never going to revisit it. I, I hear it'll make you go blind. That's that's what uh, family members used to tell me. So, uh, yeah, just keep that. Keep that in mind. Definitely uh, going to watch Legacy when it when it does finally come on, but not yeah, sure we're going to cover it until after that first episode. We'll, we'll watch that first episode and then we'll make an executive decision. Definitely, though, covering Strange New Worlds when it hits Paramount Plus uh, next couple of months. We're definitely not covering Starfleet Academy. We're definitely not going <laughs> to resume coverage prodigy and that is the that is the nice thing that prodigy taught both of us is that like look if the first episode of legacy is good but you know the fifth one makes us angry we can just stop like we're in control here we'll just stop watching it It, it's our world folks (laughs) yeah yeah Well, uh, join us next week for when we cover something actually worthwhile, which is to say the last three episodes of Copenhagen Cowboy, which uh, we initially launched uh, coverage of in parallel with Star Trek Picard. I, I feel more and more vindicated by that programming choice every day because at least Copenhagen Cowboy is worth watching. And uh, yeah, always a pleasure to have you with us here on Uncanny Tracks. I am Bob in Cascadia. That's Matt in the Southland. Have a great night, everybody. Thanks for listening.